Good evening and welcome back to a somber edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. Um, I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Um, yeah. Wrapping up after another loss to North Dakota State. So we've done this several times. Should have this one in our back pocket, unfortunately. Yeah, well, um, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about the game tonight. Um, we'll kind of shoot down some red herrings from the gate, you know, fan base screaming and maybe look ahead a little bit uh, tonight, but we don't need to dwell too much on that. Uh, we, we were going to here to toast the end of an era, uh, end of the FCS era, really the end of the CAA era for, for good now, uh, for better or worse. And we're, we, we are pleased to be joined by some friends tonight. We, uh, you know, we're toasting the end of the era where it's the holiday season and we have our entire season ticket crew with us tonight, uh, a, a rare thing. So we figure this, the listenership will be significantly down on this one. <laughs> right? So let's, let's have our friends on and celebrate the holiday. So um, welcome coach Priz. <laughs> hey guys. Always good to, always good to see you. Yeah, and our buddy Drake, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. This is a, this is actually a first time for me. I think I was a, Uncle Ron on the message boards way back in the day. So excited <laughs> to be we, here. There we go. Uh, we're glad to have you guys. Um, wouldn't you know? We don't have any closer friends, and and so what we're going to do tonight? We're going to talk about the game a little bit. We will hit a couple things here at the very beginning, and then we're going to do our holiday draft tonight. So we're, we're drafting a team, and I don't know. Maybe we'll find a way to put them up on the website, and you can vote on who uh, who has the best squad. Um, this will involve a holiday song, a holiday movie or special, um, a drink, a food, a decoration, and maybe even a little JMU bonus thing. Decoration. So, I got to add yeah. that to my, my draft yeah. board. Um, as always, we're brought to you by our friends at Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg. Uh, look, they're open all week. It's a perfect time to go get those last minute gifts. It, nothing's getting shipped to you at this point uh, this year. So go to the actual store and get your stuff. Um, and that's a good place to do it if you're in the Berg. Uh, thanks to Brian and Colby for being with us all year. Had a fantastic time with them at the Montana game. Um, we shared some, I don't know, some uh, <laughs> some sad scotches on Saturday night or Friday night, whatever it was, <laughs> uh, virtually on Friday night. Uh, one nice piece of news today, Rob. Uh, women's basketball, big win this afternoon. Yeah, got Army it back together. Yeah, got their act together, beat Mason up here. Um, managed to slip down to the Eagle Bank Arena a little bit <laughs> and uh, catch a little bit there at the end. Um, really, you know, look, they've been on a losing streak. It's rough. I was worried about this one, um, you know, worried for our friends. And this this felt good. They played well today. Uh, Claire Neff was really good. Goodman was really good. It's amazing how much better Jefferson gets when a few people make shots around her. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was a good performance. They've got a fun like holiday coming up, they go to Drexel and Delaware, the two best teams in the conference to start the year. Uh, they think they put, they're at Drexel on New Year's Eve and they're at Delaware on January 2nd. So if those things occur, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll know a lot about this team real quick. So good for them. Good for Coach O. All right. So Rob, four downs from North Dakota State. We don't have to do four downs. We can just do a couple of thoughts. Um, you want to start us off? What's your general, you know, getting – where, where do you want to go? That damn dome. Yeah. I, you know, we talked about it last week, and th this was everything I'd feared going into this game where um, 
I will sound, I'll, I'll just get the sour grapes out of the way. I, I think in the second half, JMU showed that they were good enough to win. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into their, they were better or anything, but they certainly were good enough to win. But like they always do against North Dakota State, they dug themselves too big a hole in the first half. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought they looked a little rattled by the atmosphere, the noise. And that's in some sense, that's a tremendous credit to North Dakota State fans. Um, JMU just looked out of sorts uh, defensively, offensively. Then they snapped to it and got into it. And I really thought they were going to win, but it just, that's a house of horrors for JMU. You know, you've got that very good memory with the Brian Shore team and Khalid Abdullah, but everything else, it's just been like, I don't know how you prepare for that. And and I think calling it a dome is maybe overstating it. It's like a basketball arena mm-hmm. that they slammed a football field into. Um, it's a weird environment. I think the travel gets to them. And we've seen this now. What? How many times have they played up there? Just two, but then they played twice in Frisco and struggled yeah, well, against this. Well, this team. was the third. Wasn't this the third time they? Yeah. Oh, third played, time. Yeah, but they won the time. middle one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it, it was frustrating. Like that was my biggest fear. That's how it was going to go. Like they just were going to look a step off. And North Dakota State is built to win those kind of grinded out games. That's what they do. You know, they they don't let teams hang around, or they they build out a lead and then they just kind of step on you. Um, I don't know. That fullback made me want to pull my hair How out. How are we going to lose to a fullback? Yeah. <laughs> right, it, just, it, it was really frustrating. Um, you know, Cole has had a terrific career, and it's amazing thinking about where he went from being benched, you know, six months ago to having one of the greatest statistical seasons that Jamie quarterback has had. But, man, he's going to want that one back. You know, yeah. like he, he just – he had Thornton going, and he hadn't in his head it looked like to throw to Wells. The guy made a great read on it, although he – I mean, from the snap, the defensive guy was going, he saw Cole's eyes, but it just, it was tough. And, and unfortunately at North Dakota state is a good team. If you make mistakes, they're going to beat you. They don't need to be this lights out, you know, 50 point winning team. They're just built to, I mean, it sounds dumb, but to like to tough it out and grind out wins like that. And they did it again. Mm-hmm. Third time we've lost to the, or JMU's lost to them. I think it's the third time that's featured a interception in the end zone. Or interception yeah. in the red zone. Two you know? interceptions in the zone, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I, I hated that game. I, I enjoyed the third quarter. Fourth quarter was kind of exciting, but then it was just deflating. So I don't know. Uh, I, I'm can, rambling. But... Can I say something? Yeah. Yeah, um, please do. Because I feel like we have two and two here, which is nice. We've got two Skins yeah. fans and two Giants fans. And this very <laughs> much felt like to me, like the New York Giants versus the Redskins in sort of the, the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. where the Giants were going to win make Rob and I happy, but it was going to be ugly. And it was like the more fun team to watch was for sure. The fun bunch in the skins, like that, that team, there was nothing fun to watch, but everything Rob said, they're, they're, they're going to capitalize on your mistakes and they were going to grind it out. They're effective. They're really effective. It's maddening. I mean, as an opposing fan, you just, you're like, what is so difficult? They're like running up the middle or wheel route after wheel route. It all looks very preventable. But mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's not a fluke. They've been doing this now for over a decade and it's the same damn formula. So, and you can't miss your chances. I mean, they run yeah. the clock, they grind the clock and, you know, you miss sometimes when they're wide sometimes. open touchdown to Thornton. And then there's a play in the second half, third and long for the Dukes. And Cole goes, he locks in and tries to go over the middle to Ravenel. There's two guys on him. Yeah. There were wide open guys on either side of him. Mm-hmm. And like those are that's a conversion in their territory. And like those two plays, like I don't fault him for the last interception too much. There's the, the, the other play. that's a great play yeah. and it was third down and he got pressure. I you know, whatever. Um, you know, I don't like throwing it up to Reggie Brown in that situation, but at the same time, I like 
the play kind of send him there. So I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fault that one. Um, my big issue in this game, and I actually thought there were good things in this game. It's really frustrating. I thought about it last night when Tampa got shut out by New Orleans in the pro game. And, uh, you know, it people get shut out. Sometimes you have a terrible half. Jim, you only had like three possessions and they sucked in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense locked in at the end of the half to hold them to a field goal, gave them the chance. And then JMU went up and down the field. I mean, they had 250 yards in the second half. Like they just went all, you know, they scored twice, had the block punt, made a big play. You know, um, like you said, Rob, probably good enough to win. I'm not going to say they're like better or worse. I could get into that. Um, and my problems, a lot of people have been yelling about the coaching in this game. My real problem, in you know, the, to, the, to the extent there are nits to pick with the coaching, I mean, there are definitely nits to pick with the clock management down the stretch. Wasting the first time out on a third and one. Like, how are we not ready for that? Yeah. Um, the very last play, the last two plays of the game, like Cole runs on second down and falls down. And mm-hmm. then they had time to spike it. Like it's third and 13. Like they had time to spike it. And then you're, you're throwing a Hail Mary at this point. So like yeah. spike it, calm down, throw another play. And like you can yell. I don't know if you can yell that from the sidelines. Obviously it's loud, but there's some coaching involved in that too. Um, but I picked on clock management for a long time. Uh, normally my problem is with like offensive game plan. And I don't know that that was the case here. Like if anything, the defense got a little too cute early in the game. JMU ran five defensive linemen for huge portions of this game. And at the beginning, they came out with three linebackers in addition to the five defensive linemen. And for some reason, some linebackers, at least one linebacker was in the game for multiple big plays for NDSU in the first half, who has not played much this year for JMU. And NDSU immediately like, you know, like zoomed in on him and burned him for the touchdown, burned him for a couple other plays. Um, And then people are yelling about like, how does the fullback run another wheel route in the second half? Well, NDSU didn't run the ball very well. Like JMU did shut them down. Like that, obviously I think at some point you trade a little bit, you take your chances. And if you told me an hour before the game started that NDSU would score 20, I would really feel good about JMU's chances. And I think we should have, right. We had a first and goal with three minutes to go and didn't, didn't make it. Like, I don't know what, you know, like it's, it's a tight game. I'm not, I'm, I'm only going to get so angry about the coaching. I'm not going to defend the like record. Like some of our fans are doing like, Oh, he's 33 and five. And then other fans say, well, they never won a big one. Yeah. And but I, I, that, yeah. I will, I will defend that. Cause I yes. think that's ridiculous. It's like, there are people that categorically just anytime Jamie wins, it's not just Jamie. I think it's fans in general, mm. but it's particularly with this Jamie fan base. Oh, Look forward to a game. Then, as soon as we beat a team, it's because they suck. Yeah, or they're not good. And so, all wins become, oh well, that that should have been one. So there's, he hasn't had a good win, but everything he loses is a big game. Yeah, you know, in those fans' minds, there, there have been five big games in his 38 games. I'm like, I right. don't buy that. Right. You know, granted, you can say he hasn't gotten it done on the big stage, but that doesn't mean he's a bad coach, and that doesn't mean he hasn't done anything else. Like, um, I mean, even even this year, some of the conference games. We're big games. In hindsight, you're like, oh, they took care of business. Yep. Well, give them credit for that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not saying like, oh, that's a game you should have won. It's a game that most people thought they were going to win by a touchdown. You won by three touchdowns. But, to me, that's that's a feather in his cap, not something to discount. And I think too many people discount all of the wins as easy or in the bag. And any sort of you know loss was, oh, that's a game they should have won. They, they can't do it with equal talent. Yeah. Drake. What When you guys are more plugged into this than, than I am, but yeah. what what are the alternatives people are presenting? The, Thank uh, you. the fire coach. Uh, wh- who do they want to come in mid transition? Uh, right. 
you know, what, what, what are the ideas out there? There are no ideas. There are they no have ideas. no ideas. Steel ball coach, re- man. Steel ball coach. <laughs> well, there are ridiculous ideas. <laughs> that would be pretty fun, actually. Urban Meyer. <laughs> right. There are ridiculous ideas of the Spurrier-Meyer variety, right? Yeah. And then, there, and then there's the Houston crowd. And that's the crowd that drives us the most nuts because, you know, there's a ceiling and a floor issue with these two coaches. You know, if you ask me after a few bourbons, who do I want giving the pregame speech? I can, I can admit that I would have rather had Houston in the Fargo Dome on Friday. But people forget that Houston's floor, like Signetti's floor is the semifinals. So far, they've been twice to the semis and once to the final. Yes. Houston lost to Elon, New Hampshire. Coached and by Colgate, who? Co- right? Coached by Signetti. Yes. Yeah. yeah right. He lost to Signetti and an Elon team that was not good, that they beat like 31-0 the year before. Mm-hmm. He lost to New Hampshire in a regular season in an absolute meltdown. Um, you know, and, and he lost to, um, you know, well, Colgate in the playoffs in a game where he single-handedly lost the game basically by his antics before the game. And that's all excluding the NDSU, the, the, the 2017 game will always stick with me worse than the 2019 game or this 2021 game, like the 17, 13 loss in Frisco in 17 with arguably the best JMU roster that we, any of us have ever, that anyone's ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know there's lots of reasons and excuses for that game, but you know, that was a bad You're loss lost. in a big game. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I just, I'm with you, Drake. Drake, that's the question for me is there's no alternative to me. All the clock management and like close losses don't matter next year. Like, my pie in the sky goal for next year is keeping the winning streak intact. Like the winning record streak. JMU hasn't had a losing season since like what? early Mickey uh, like yeah. it's in the, in the 2000 in the aughts here mm-hmm. um, they've had it they had a six and six season at one point I feel like if they could get to six and six next year that would be a, w- a huge win for the program oh, I agree. I've noticed and that watching be, the uh, yeah. the just the bowl games you know all the nondescript bowl games the last couple of days and there have been Sunbelt you know our future compatriots out there and there's you know six and six ODU teams and six and six and uh you know, it's it's going to be tough sledding, and it's going to be really fun. I think I'm excited about it. Um, it but uh, yeah, I'm totally with you. Like, let's let's keep it rolling. And if if you're hitting six and six your first year out there, that that'd be fantastic. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. To me, that would be a raging success. Yeah, and I, I know other fans are like, oh no, they you know got to be eight and three. No, if you can go five hundred in a transition year, that's awesome. And don't get me wrong, my expectation might only be four wins, like mm-hmm. next year, right? I like. They have India. They have Norfolk State and Weber State, so they have two FCS games on the schedule next year. So I expect them to win those two games. Beyond that, I don't have a lot. Like, I don't know where the other wins come from. I'm just kind of hoping, like the way they put together this random schedule, there might be one or two more very winnable games, and then there's a bunch of like going to be tough, close games. So, um, so I so I know we're getting a little bit off track here, but I know you're saying if we get to 500 next year, that'd be great. But like. Um, to me, does like next year matter? Like, yeah, well, because I like I, for me, it's like that first year, like you get a pass, and then it's like sure. to me, like you can't tell me we're not going to get better recruits for the basketball team and for the softball yes. team and for yes. you know, like to me, it's like those things pay off so much quicker than having a couple extra or you know a, a couple dozen extra uh, scholarships for the football team. Like that's mm-hmm. going to take a couple years to kind of settle in. 
the, these other sports, I think we're just going to see a bigger bang immediately. And then, you know, again, JMU, like we'd all like our degrees to go up in value. And so a whole bunch, <laughs> whole bunch of Southern kids all of a sudden want to go to JMU, the Harvard of, of you know, Western Virginia. Like, right, right. You know, like that'd be great for all of us, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. No, and drink. I mean, Rich, you hit it on the head there because my three, I wrote down like four priorities and football was only one of them. Like my hopes for the 2022 or whatever it is. Yeah, 2022, 2023 academic slash athletic year at JMU. Like one of them is that football gets more than four wins and maybe somewhere between four and seven wins, right? But the other three, number two would be, we need a home for lacrosse and field hockey. That makes sense. I hope that we can find those programs somewhere to be. Both of them are good. They've been traditionally good at JMU, and I hope they don't get just totally screwed and they're out there acting like Liberty, right? I, I hope we find a home for them. Um, my second one is that men's hoops is in the top three in the Sun Belt year one. Like the trajectory of the Mark Byington era makes me think it's possible, right? And I'd like to see them really in the mix for a Sunbelt title right away. And part of that is just hanging on to the kids we have right now that are still going to be, have more eligibility left. Um, and then my last one is softball, right? Is having softball, whatever happens this year, be immediately competitive and sort of back to the, you know, fighting for a Sunbelt crown in, in a multi-bid league, in a, in a really solid yeah. league and like in a big step up in competition from the the old conference. Um, <laughs> so that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you're right. I mean, that's exactly right. I do want football to be like competitive and I want to keep the momentum because I think for right now, there's a lot of fun. And, and I know we've talked about, we'll talk about this off air more rich, but like there's momentum. There's kids that want to play at JMU as they move up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun time. You know, there's a lot to offer to both, you know, high school recruits and transfer recruits. And I'd like to see them just keep building. But no, I if they get to six and six, that'd be a home run next year. So we'll, we'll I feel like cross there's that also bridge like an element of carryover for like enthusiasm for the fans, you know. Mm-hmm. Just not to dwell on this, but like and, and I'm not like trying to dunk on the on the fan base, but the same like concept of like fire coach Signetti, you know, it's kinda like I feel like there's gonna be some irrational expectations, you know. So whatever like <laughs> Just glimmers of success and excitement you can get will be good, right? Like we need to be yeah. growing the football fan base um, over the next couple of years. So, you yeah, in any well, uh, any excitement will be will be good. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, Drew. Because people are going to point to App State and Coastal and their their high points and say, "Oh, well, look how quickly they did it," and not understand that there are growing pains along the way for both those teams, and not understand that they jumped into a much easier slash oh, yeah. less competitive Sun Belt. Because of how well they've played and how much how, the strides they've made, it's just a tougher entry point for JMU and ODU and Marshall now. They're going into, you know, arguably the best G5 league. Um, that's awesome. It's a tremendous opportunity. But if the fans think they're just going to carry over and win in the Sun Belt immediately, like JMU's been winning in the CAA, it, it could be a tough adjustment. In some Probably the ways. best G5 division in the best G5 league, too. Like, yeah. you know, across the board. I mean, App, Coastal, Marshall. All, just right there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even before we get to Georgia Southern or ODU or whoever, right? I mean, that's a competitive group of teams. Yeah. So, yeah. The one, the last thing we can say about this game, I mean, thank you. I mean, I guess two things. One, big thank you to the all the seniors, the super seniors in particular. Um, I was mad at, you know, look, I was frustrated with Cole and I'm sure Cole was frustrated this week. He also kept his composure. 
he had that one where he kind of slipped out of a sack and ran for a long first down mm-hmm. in the third quarter. Like he made some plays even after he'd made some bad plays. And that's very like indicative of the Cole experience. Um, he's hung in there through all kinds of ups and downs and big thanks to him. Super um, resilient player. Super yeah, resilient that, player. that game kind of epitomized what happened. It started out very slow and wasn't yeah. really getting things done, hung in there, made some big plays in the end. Um, yeah, kind I don't, of like a, I said earlier, the, the, where he was benched, what, after Robert Morris? Yeah, he was benched in the spring. and Yeah, and, and then he came, came back and threw, what, 40-something touchdowns and four right. picks? Yeah, it's, right. Um, Mike Green, unbelievable performance. Yeah. I mean, Mike Green, and we'll get to it. Tony Thurston, Mike Green, Jordan Funk in the middle. I called Jordan Funk Garrett Gruel last week because they have the same number and I forgot that who's who. Yeah. But um, yeah, those guys in the middle played great. NDSU did not just like turn it loose and push them down the field. Like they played fantastic. Um, Mike Green's been unbelievable for this program. Bryce Carter, the Towson transfer, involved in lots of things. Um, Kelvin Azanama, you know, MJ Hampton had the block punt you know, among our seniors, but that's about it. I mean, obviously Harry and Racky, you know, on the specials, but you know, we lost for but this week, I mean, I just looked, looking at this thing, you know, the guys that started in this game, Tyshawn Wyatt, redshirt freshman, Tanner Morris, redshirt freshman, Cole Potts, redshirt freshman, Nick Kidwell, redshirt sophomore, and Tyler Stevens, who played for for redshirt freshman. All those guys are going to be around for whatever bowl they want to be if they mm-hmm. choose to stay at JMU and they played a lot better last week. And you saw in the third, third and fourth, but this week in the second half, they really, I thought they, they played well. outstanding by yeah. like this season's standards. I thought the O-line, like I have a lot of hope for that group of guys. All, I mean, they're mm-hmm. all freshmen and sophomores and they're all coming back next year. Plus whatever transfers and whatever recruits start coming from, you know, Sunbelt era recruits. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like. We get both receivers back unless they transfer somewhere else. Obviously, Antoine Wells could. We should note Antoine Wells broke all three records, all three JMU single season records in this game. He broke the single season touchdown mark, the single season catches mark, and the single season yards mark. Just unbelievable. I mean, delivered on every promise. The catch he made for the touchdown was actually unbelievable. Yeah. Like it hit him in the thigh. Like I don't even know how he made it. Um, no, he's a pro. He's, yeah. he's just, he's a future pro. And Chris Thornton actually tied him for the record for total catches by having one more than he did in this game. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys are back next year if they want to be. Um, you know, Kevin Curry, Latrell Palmer, Solomon Van Horse, Austin Douglas, Keelan Percy. Black, who we, Percy, the whole running back room is back, you know, essentially. Um, there's a lot, I mean, Devin Ravenel, there's, there's just a ton of guys back. I mean, even on defense, you know, like we said, Thurston and Funk in the middle, Isaac Uku, Jalen Green on the ends, Tucker Dorsey, Jalen Walker, who played a lot. Chuck Winecki had a really good game this week mm-hmm. um, in the back end. You know, lose the two corners, but eh, let's, you know, hopefully we can replace them. At, you know, Lose Wayne Davis. Lose Sam Wayne Kidd, Davis, but, yeah. you know, Francis, there were guys playing in those spots this year, right? I mean, Sam Kidd may come back. Q Reed will be back. Josh Sherratt will be back. I mean, there's a ton coming. This team's going to be competitive right away, I think. Like, at least they're going to have a fighting chance it, the same way they always do when they play these FBS games lately, you know? But so I, I think I, the word competitive, you, we need to caveat that. Like, I agree with you. I think they're going to be competitive. Yeah. But competitive means they're going to stand toe-to-toe with whatever schedule they play. That, Not competitive in the sense it's come to mean for Jamie, which is competing for a title, you yeah. know? No, um, for sure. But we're going to get a couple of those games. And what Drake said is the most important. 
some of those games next year, we're going to have someone, ODU, Marshall, maybe even some out of conference, at, you know, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. Like, we're going to have some fun games at home next year yeah. against teams we care about. Mm-hmm. And like, it's important for those games to be fun and for us to be excited about them. Yeah. Like, it'll be really fun if we play at App State or they play at JMU. You know, if we can all road trip to Coastal and do a weekend at the beach, that will be fun. You know, like, like yeah, so I don't know. TV, I'm always impressed with your ability to just reel off names, just like oh. just one after the other. Like, well, no, I a, do have, I have oh, you're cheat, are you cheating. Are you cheating? Yeah, yeah, I'm cheating. You, you, you do it at tailgates too, where it's just like you just start naming guys, and I'm like, yeah, what's his number again? Like, like what? Who am I looking at? It's yeah, really uncomfortable. It's it's really <laughs> awkward to admit how much time Rob and I spend on this. To be honest, but I don't know any of that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but I, I just I think they're in good shape. I, I'm really excited for next week. It sucks. It, it just sucks. I hate losing to that that team and that fan base this week. It sucks to lose in that game. It sucks to lose when they came back, had the lead. And then had multiple chances to win the game, yeah. right? It felt very much like the other two Frisco games in that way. It's not like we didn't have excitement, yeah. you know, in and this game. You know, you've said it, but that that interception that that kid made, I mean, that, a that's, that is a play. I mean, yeah. quibble about yeah. the, the play call or whatever, but like that kid made a play. He shouldn't have caught it. I don't, no. I don't know what happens or how much time there was, but he should not have caught that. Like, and look, no. on the first down play, uh, you know, that Wells made that un- insane catch out of bounds. You know, he's yeah. an inch from being from the ga- winning the t- game. I mean, he's one yeah. inch out of bounds there, you know, and whether that, you know, that's a the, the throw a little, little off. I mean, it was that kind of a game. And it always is when you play NDSU. Well, um, objectively speaking, if you can take kind of the sadness away from it, it was a great football game. Yes. You know, it, it was just, it was a great, it was like an instant classic at the FCS level. Um, for, forget that FCS qualifier. That yeah, was just a great game. college yeah. football game. Right. You know, and it stinks when sometimes when it's this painful, you don't realize that you just nitpick at the mistakes. But if you were like a, just a purely outside yeah. fan, not tuned in, you had a hell of a time Friday night just being like, wow, this was a really competitive game between two teams going after it. Yeah. Hell of a time has changed though. Like I was, I mean, I was, it was late. It was late when oh. that game was over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we, we're, we're all here yeah this was a long weekend for me we had like a christmas function saturday and then yeah. sunday too in the in, in the evening yeah it was it was long. Well, a couple people were watching on youtube tv and at midnight they cut the espn oh, yeah it yeah cut off. so yeah. people missed the last like three minutes oh man yeah it's oh, a word and my sister oh. was one yeah. of them so okay oh but okay and rob i forgot one last thing thank you to everybody for helping us out last week putting aside Everything about this game, what do we, we went over $7,000? Yes, it was over, over 21,000 meals because we reached out to that food bank and they said they can do three meals for a dollar. So it was close to 22,000 meals that Jamie fans stepped up and provided, which um, exceeded anything we had ever hoped we'd, we'd be able to do. So that was fantastic. And look, you guys got us thinking, and I will say, I mean, Big thank you to the generosity of all of the Dukes fans out there who made this possible. And some but, Bison fans too. And some, some of them yeah. too. But yeah. I, I really do, I, you know, Rob and I have big big hopes for the offseason here to uh, think about how to um, maybe link arms a little bit with some of the other JMU adjacent media and really, you know, take this strongly or something like this into the Sun Belt. Um, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see, Rob. I, I'd love to do something, you know, 
strikeout thing for softball or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, lots of ideas to kick around and think about what might work here. Uh, but that was pretty impressive. And, you know, it's a real positive out of a tough, tough night otherwise. <laughs> so, yes. Anyways, thank you all. Um, I don't think we have, I, I, I don't know. You guys got anything else? Any last words on the FCS era here, Rob? Uh, no. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm not going to get too nostalgic about it. I enjoyed it, but to me, it, it, I don't know if there's going to be this clear line of demarcation in my fandom or the way I view the, the program in terms of FCS, FBS. I'd like to think it's just going to be fun memories, and I'm going to think back fondly on teams 20 years from now, regardless of what level they played at. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think the bloom is not going to come off the rose for that 2016 team in my eyes. That mm-hmm. was such a great thing. It, like if Jamie goes on and wins three Sun Belt championships, great. That's just, that's gravy. I'm still going to look back really fondly on the FCS era. I had a lot of fun uh, as a JMU fan. It has changed. Like you said, Todd, this is our season ticket group. First time we've gotten together, there wasn't a lot of compelling games on the schedule to bring us nope. back together this nope. year. And and I, I got kind of annoyed when people talked about fan apathy and losing interest. But I think it's because it hit home, and I was losing interest in the regular season in a big, big way. So I'm excited about it, um, and I'll, I'll look back finally on this. But I don't know. It's just I'd like to think it's just all going to be football for me and just yeah. all good memories. Bison didn't sell out a single playoff game this year, including the JMU semifinal. Yeah, like I, that says there. You ask them after a few bourbons who they'd rather be. Would you rather be going to Frisco or going to the Sun Belt if that's your choice? I think we all know the answer, yeah. you know, for them, it would be going to the mountain West or something. But like, mm-hmm. if those were their choices, you know, uh, let's, you could see it and then tickets sold. I mean, it, it speaks for itself yeah. a little bit. So yeah, that, that right there is amazing. And I, I've, I've never really been like a FBS or bust guy, but I'm mm-hmm. excited about this. Um, but I think that right there says it like if you're, if you're the bison and you're at the, the top of, excuse me, bison, I'll pronounce it. With the <laughs> um, if you're them and you're at the top of the game and you're not selling out home playoff games and, you know, JMU is losing money every time we have a home playoff game, like, like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like looking at the few, the CAA is just this crumbling <laughs> facade, you know, like, and Todd, you brought up earlier, like talking about lacrosse and field hockey, like JMU has built a great athletic department. There's so many competitive programs, like it's time, you know, it's time to move on. And I think Rob, you nailed it. Like I'll, I'll look back fondly in all these games and like, thinking about like the old rivalries, even with ODU, you know, and app state and like those coming back into the fold is so cool. Like that's part of what Mm -hmm. makes this so exciting, but it's like, yeah, you know, it's all of these chapters have been great. And I I think it's time, it's time to move on. And I think the next chapters are going to be fun too. And uh, yeah, I will say one thing that's funny is the other CA schools who are staying behind are all kind of looking at Jamie's playoff run and be like, Oh, they're leaving this behind for bowl games. They don't know what they're missing. And I'm like, no, we do because we're the only ones in the league that have consistently gone to the playoffs the past 10 years. Like, I mean, no offense, but like, I I don't care about William and Mary's fans feelings on the value of the playoffs and how great they are when for all intents and purposes, it's completely irrelevant to William and Mary, you know, they don't (laughs) go to the playoffs. So yeah, if I had never made it, I might look to a school that's making deep runs and be like, Oh my gosh, how could they ever give that up? But we've been doing it consistently and it's been great. But I'd, I'll trade it in the heartbeat for more compelling yeah. regular season. You guys nailed it with like the how, a couple of pods ago. You were like, it's hard to do logistics of like, how do I go to a game when there could be five yeah. games? 
Yeah. And like, I've done this where like every year I'll just go to one home playoff game, but it's usually the first one, right? Cause mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I want to hit strike with the iron's hot just in case <laughs> and have mm-hmm. fun and get a game in. Um, but I'll tell you what, like if we're going to some like no name bowl in new Orleans or Atlanta, like sign me up, man, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm with you guys. I, I, I will, I probably tempered a little bit. Um, yeah. is, is I do like the playoffs because it is like uh, I get excited for these mm-hmm. games and I know like it's a couple games in a couple weeks in a row where I have an excuse to watch the game and they're on weird mm-hmm. times or whatever and like I can you know I can put them on and it's all right um, for me the the switch is just going to be like building those games that matter to us so if like we decide we're going to go to the ODU game whenever it's at home like that's what we'll figure out to do and then whatever that is September 30th or whatever that's when we'll go to that game like that it just changes to me when my focus is on on football because as you guys know, like I don't I don't follow the football that you you guys do. I you know when I was in in the Nova area, we would go to a handful of games. TD and I went up and back a bunch of games. Um, but for me, it's just like all right, what game are we gonna pick in the middle of the year as opposed to like trying to make a a playoff game work? For me, that's the same. It's the games and it's fun and it's hanging out with other JMU folks and and watching some fun football. And, and Rob brothers, I mean, I will miss the hell out of the stakes of Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, even the pain that I felt after the game and all day Saturday and most of the day Sunday, I will miss that, right? That it really mattered to me. I can't say that I won't miss that. Um, but on the other side of it, Rob, we had people like NDSU people like saying, well, look at your schedule. If you were fourth place in the Sun Belt, you'd have eight games on ESPN+. Plus. And only three on the like network plan, and I was like, that would be fantastic. Yes. We were like, what? That's not a burn. Like, yeah. what, and that's honestly, eight games I, that weren't on flow. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and, and like, I'd take the fourth place the first year too. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's yeah, that's that's reminiscent of like the Harrisonburg versus Fargo discussion yeah. from years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. You yeah. just don't get yeah, it. That's that's what. It, there's just our two fan bases. These whatever. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're, they're apples and oranges and they're just they will never be, you know. So here's the thing, though. Would would they be a team that we would invite to Harrisonburg? Like, I sure as hell hope wouldn't so they want to play, you know, yeah, I'd like us there, like get them at home one yeah, year. Come on, they, come yeah, play show us. us how much better you are than us. Right. Like, yeah, um, I, I don't know. It won't be next year because I assume we're going to not add any more FCS games if we don't have to beyond the two we have on the schedule it won't be for years there's no upside to doing it until until jamie's well established yeah yeah Yeah. so we'll see anyways i I, yeah i'd much rather have well we'll get there so rob you got it we got it we got anybody else to thank here in between yeah home field apparel once again um thank you very much as people know regular listeners know this is one of our favorite apparel companies homefieldapparel.com they have dug way deep into schools traditions and created some really fantastic designs uh, Todd, I think it, the loss might be on me. This was the first game I've watched not wearing my home field apparel sweatshirt. So <sighs> hang the L on me. Um, no. You know, as Michael Scott said, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. So. <laughs> um, but go go check out the site. It is great. Probably a little too late to get Christmas presents, but they've got like 50 or 60 schools now. Terrific designs, sweatshirts, uh, T-shirts, and listeners get 15% off with the code JMU Sports Blog. That's right. So now we're going to switch to having some good times here for the holiday week. Uh, we got Christmas coming up this weekend. 
I don't know who came up with this today, Rob. Was this you, Rich? I don't know. One uh, of you guys came up with the draft here. Well, this uh, it's it's not completely thought out, so it clearly wasn't Rich. We'd have a good plan if it was Rich. <laughs> um, it, it was me, and I just realized we don't have a draft order or anything. I'm making so. the draft order. All right, I'll be the MC here. Uh, we're we're going to let Rich have the first pick and Dreek have the second pick because that's the okay. way they are on my screen. And okay. they're the guests. Rob, you can go third and I'll go last if needed. Um, <laughs> Is it a snake snake draft? How so are we doing it's a this? snake draft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, okay, okay, just taking it back. I'm going to go Rich, Rob, Dreek, TD, because that's the way you guys are on my screen here and that I won't screw it up even when I have another gingerbread porter here. Oh, um, I've got a gingerbread yeah. ale. Oh. Excellent, excellent. Is that the Hardywood, so, Todd? That is, that's it is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know that I can have another one, but yeah. Um, so we have a song, a movie, or a special. I assume that means like Christmas like TV movie special. or like, like TV special. That's yeah. a kind of a special. Yeah, I gotcha. Correct. Um, a drink, so a holiday dr- type drink. Mm-hmm. A decoration, so that could be anything in the. Decor category does not yeah. have to be not a JMU necessarily. Thing. No, we don't need to overthink this. Just... And a food, right? Yes. And those will be our five topics. And then at the end, we'll do JMU ornaments uh, for a bonus. But the five things, you can pick them in any order. So when Rich goes first, he can pick from any of those five categories if he wants to uh, make sure he gets his one he thinks he'll, he'll lose later. I, so I've got I've got three written down here. I forgot the other two. Oh, I've got yeah, song, no, food, no, no. special. <laughs> like, who's keeping track so I don't double draft? Decoration, <laughs> decoration, and drink. Got it. Um, and it won't be a snake. We'll just go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Unless okay. drink. Do you feel screwed by that? I, don't know. I mean, no. I'm, I'm happy to be here. This is all house money. I'm like halfway through an industrial eggnog. I'm good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right, Rich. All right. You, get so, any, you can so, use anything you want here. Okay. Cause uh, so I feel like this is the one that like, I feel like Rob and I have talked about this one. Drake and I have probably talked about it too, but so it's a combination of a song and album. So it's, it's the beach boys Christmas album and it's little St. Nick. And I just mm-hmm. think it's like the, my favorite Christmas song. It's mm-hmm. a great Christmas album. If you like music, you like the beach boys. And if you like the beach boys, you have to like this Christmas album. It's just like, it has, standards and it has new stuff and it's i I don't know i love it and it's good musically everything it's good that's that's a great pick i mean brian wilson is is a genius was a genius will always be genius that album is terrific and that's in my opinion the best song on the album yeah Updating my draft chart over here. Yeah, me too. I just realized I need to write it down so I can actually write this. Yeah. All right, Rob, you are, have the second pick here. I got the second pick. Let me the let me go to my draft one the, board. One of the, yeah, that had to be in the top four favorites, I would think, Rich. Yeah, yeah. that, that on the, was on good. The song category, yeah. Hmm. Well, he I'm, knows I'm gonna... he knows the draft room. He's reading the draft room. <laughs> yeah, we all knows... know the draft room very well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Christmas movie and I'm okay. I'm taking Christmas vacation off the board. Ah, yeah, no, I, if, if I'd gotten there, yeah. Damn it. and this might be a little bit of recency bias. My family watches it every year. Um, we watched it last night, and I think my family enjoys watching me laugh hysterically, even though I know all the joke coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just, Chevy Chase, by all accounts, is not a very likable guy in real life, but as Clark Griswold. He just cracks me up. I, I find that movie to be absolutely hilarious from the opening scenes where they're driving to get the Christmas tree and the hijinks. I love the sledding scene with like the industrial lubricant and then obviously yeah. Todd and Margo and cousin Eddie. So for me, I was, I was, 
I was it's hoping this was going to be available for the first pitch. Yeah, we're saving it for Christmas Eve this year, and it's just oh, yeah, yeah, it's magnificent. I yeah, definitely had no... I had a like a, a Christmas vacation like light situation. <laughs> my, my neighbors are like paying for people to put up their lights, and like I'm up oh, there. My, oh, yeah, my, my meanwhile, my four year old's holding the ladder for me while I'm like hanging off the like you know gutters and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I blew out two strips of light doing that. Not sure how, but they don't work anymore. So, <laughs> Rob, Detta and Tyler were having a conversation about like what to tip the light hanging people, and I'm like, what? The- no. what the hell are we talking about here? No. Like, what I has mean, happened that's... in Richmond? People, <laughs> You need to learn no. everything you know about exterior illumination from your father. <laughs> <laughs> right. The best part of Christmas is getting on the roof to hang the lights. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a diehard believer in hanging them yourself. That being said, ours is the crappiest display on the street. <laughs> yes. oh, our, yeah. Our new house, yeah. we got nothing. And my, Todd, I don't know if you saw Saturday, like my street goes big. You do. Like, and Drink Street, Vienna now is, you know, totally. Yeah professionally done that's a, yeah it's a full <laughs> arm race you know we need to get new we don't have an external outlet on the front of the house and we didn't realize that when we bought the house so now i'm panicking because i feel like yeah. i'm the grinch of the street yeah me too i've got like an 80 foot extension cord that comes around <laughs> from the back yeah we blew three strands already this year because we don't have enough power for like all the lights we're putting up but yeah i can't I, we were like how do these new houses even like power this stuff yeah drink you're next buddy well i've got to say christmas vacation was my one seed i feel like that gives you like a you know like kelsey or kittle type advantage in the in the movie (laughs) um so i'm gonna pivot and go with you know and drink and since i already revealed myself to be a nog head and i've got a glass (laughs) right now i'm gonna go ahead and take eggnog because i feel like that one also is a uh a category leader high 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 floor for you know holiday drink uh scoring um nice. i'm curious what you guys if you are you know fans of of milk punch uh what what you put in it because i'm a a spiced rum guy myself but i know there's lots of different variants i'm i'm a bourbon guy with eggnog and i love eggnog i think that's a great pick drink and yeah that was actually i, I pulled my family at dinner and that's what James said. He's like, you got to go eggnog or hot chocolate. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see. But you no, know, that's great. I'm, I'm definitely bourbon. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm a bourbon. My family's a bourbon. We're, we're big Irish coffee people on, on Christmas. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, eggnog is a bourbon, a bourbon one for sure. Those spice rum's like, nice. I like spice yeah. rum. Yeah. I was like, I like the drink, the rum part, but I'm not an eggnog, not a big eggnog person. So I can't, can't claim. I feel like it's kind of polarizing. Like people, I'm like not, I really like it. But some people go the opposite way. Yeah. I really like it, and then like by the end of this week, uh, I'm I'm done. You know, it's yeah. a lot of. Uh, I feel like it's like the whole I'm white not. Russian phase we all went through, in like you know, After 1998 or whatever it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. oh yeah, uh, I've never really. Aged out. No, but <laughs> it's actually just the older I get, to the less of these things. Like I was literally the drink as I tried to think about the drink. I'm like. Which one can I actually handle on my stomach? Yeah, like, oh, gosh. Todd's picking Maalox. <laughs> that would be incredible. Oh, no. But Todd, it's over, it's over to you. It is. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. And now I'm all thrown off. Well, I guess I'll go with movie or special, and I will take Charlie Brown uh, here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little – the only hesitancy on Charlie Brown, which is like a no-brainer for me. First of all, I, I still respect the hell out of, like – how did they ever get away with making the Charlie Brown 
like the whole like anti-capitalist i don't know like there's actual religion in the charlie brown special like i don't know it's, it's not funny mentions i know because that was a feature on cbs sunday morning yesterday <laughs> oh, okay, yeah and the, the guy sold the- it and then delivered it and it was like too late and they hated it and oh, wow. the executives put it on and then it became this big hit the people who sang the song it was mm-hmm. like a local boys choir mm-hmm. they got Three sessions for recording, five dollars each, no royalties. So you got fifteen bucks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I just love it. Somebody can choose the music from it later if they want to. Obviously, the music is top notch, un- unbelievable, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, both vocal versions and non-vocal versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, my only hesitancy was like, I love the Halloween and Thanksgiving shows e- equally or better to the Christmas episode. So I, I don't know what the order of those productions were, but I it's, just it's Charles yeah. Schultz just he his creative juices just died that that one year that he made them all. It's Halloween, them all. Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Down. Yeah. I'll say I like the Christmas one. I think it I, I I, too. it might be my favorite of them. I like the Great Pumpkin, but I just something about that pathetic tree and then when they wrap yeah. the pumpkin around it, yeah. like, I really like. Yeah, it's yeah. warm. I don't know. It's warm. Yeah. 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 I know. All right, Rich. Well, so go I'm going special because yeah, uh, there's a run. There's a run. Rob, Rob <laughs> Rob's feelings got me thinking about this one. This one, I, I I don't know that everyone knows it. I feel like it's a little bit under the radar, but I'm going anyway. It's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh, mm-hmm. which yeah. is like early Muppet. Steve yeah. Steve is is not in his head. It's a is his music thing. It's kind of like um, there's a parable in there that you know his his mom and him are trying to do something nice for each other and. They end up kind of ruining each other's gifts, but then it all it's works a out. Gift it's, of the Magi thing. Yeah, man. it's a gift. Yeah. That's I yeah. couldn't think yeah. of a gift of Magi thing. It's I don't know. It's cool. It's like again, super early like uh, Muppets kind of thing, and I, I I love it. The songs are great. It's hard to find. You can watch on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, but it's like it's not one that just like shows up and stuff. But no. it's a it's a good one. I, I like it. And again, it's got that warm like like Charlie Brown Christmas. Like it's like oh yeah, this is we're all coming together for a reason, and this yeah. is. This is the cool part about it. Love it. The only reason I know Gift of the Magi is O. Henry is a Greensboro native. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. So there's lots of O. Henry themed stuff in Greensboro. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, all right, Rob. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to go. Get your song uh, here. <laughs> well, I, I, I got enough. I think, I think oh, there's, okay. still, there's still good songs on the board. I got to go decorations because I think this is going to be a light category. I don't think there's a lot of depth here. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking giant Christmas inflatables. <laughs> no, it's a great pick. I feel like this is something that it has not jumped the shark yet in the way that ugly Christmas sweaters have. I think the pandemic made people appreciate these for the great, great things that they are. Yeah. My across the street neighbor has a giant Grinch and a Charlie Brown. Um, we have a 12 foot snowman. I think they're terrific. I, I think they're wonderfully like they tow that line between tacky and festive and i just <laughs> we, we I, a, I think it's great we have a six foot minion with a santa hat on yes so exactly. it's like yeah. And yeah it's like when when and my, you can do anything and you just put a santa hat on it and it becomes a christmas yeah. decoration. and so. when my wife said yes i was like really yeah let's do yeah. it let's do it <laughs> we're the same thing we last year jessica said yes and i immediately went to home depot <laughs> 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 and found it's like do not change your mind yeah. what, what were your criteria we when when shopping for your giant uh, yard, I, I want I wanted one that was over ten feet tall, and I had to keep it like below 
15 feet for the for the marital situation. But my, I think we have a 12 foot Santa. Mine yeah. was what whatever was on the shelf. That's what it came. That's why I have a six foot minion. Ah. It's like there were no uh, other options. I got the okay to buy one. I was like, well, I better buy one. Well, I went but to multiple Declan home loves depots. The inflatable, yeah. right? What's that? Declan loves the inflatable. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It, I guess that's what it is. The anti, I really am like Todd of Todd and Margo here. I am also anti-inflatable mostly it's just because all of my dogs have historically gone totally oh. berserk at them so it would be <laughs> untenable to have one right outside the window oh, so, strategic error I guess I could have waited on that coming apart yeah you're up next Oh man. Um, you know, I'm kind of in the same, I've got the same philosophy as Rob. I'm seeing like draft strategies unfolding. I feel like there's a lot of good songs on the board. Um, I was thinking about getting decoration, but I didn't think, uh, the obnoxious lawn inflatables would come off the board so early. (laughs) That gives me some breathing room there. Um, and I know that it, like I've got my pick of movies or TV specials at this point. So I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, the first one that came to mind like was was going to be like the old school Grinch with with Boris Karloff and you know the whole song and uh fantastic song but I'm going to go new school I'm going to update it and go with the modern day classic Elf oh, nice nice, nice. Right. I like it yes tomorrow night or actually Wednesday night now that we have football team rescheduling hijinks Wednesday night uh, the kids are big fans. I feel like it plays well to all ages. Even my dad likes it. It's, uh, you know, you get Bob Newhart, you get Will Ferrell. Uh, Jimmy Kahn. Peter Dinklage, yeah. for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. I mean, what else What else could you ask for? Zoe Deschanel. All right. yeah, Jimmy Zoe, Zoe Deschanel yeah. singing, too. Yeah. She's yeah. got well, some I mean, great... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. she's like the queen of Christmas, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it, has, yeah. it has one of my favorite lines in, which you guys know from my wedding, sugar is a big part of my life. And like, does it have sugar in it? Then, yes! <laughs> it's like, yeah, love it. That was my son, Sam, 13, my... Aldous said that was clear number one pick when I told him the draft was like, you got to get Elf. Elf's the best. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to be welcoming Elf onto a Team Dreek's roster. I think it's a solid, solid performance. Five-tool player. Five-tool player. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very solid. All right. So that means I got to go with something else. Um, I'm like you. I'm gonna, I could save my songs, I think. We're all pretty deep in that category. We should have just done song drafts. Yes. Um, right. Maybe we'll do a bonus song. Um, one that's been new to me, I'm taking a drink here, mm-hmm. and I can't believe I'm saying this because I really don't historically like this. Um, but Glühwein, oh, like the, the, German, the German wine? Yeah, like the yeah. mold wine. I've never um, had it. Yeah. No, it's not actually – it's weird because I don't – I'm sure there are better varieties and you can cook them up. But our little crew that I'm very fortunate to have at Bryce now, like there's a huge German-Austrian connection like – the people that started the resort are all German and Austrian. Like, it, anyways, it, it's like a thing that the real inner circle kind of loves, and uh, you know, a couple of those folks like make a huge pot of it or whatever. Um, you yep. know, for Six. one or another, sometime between Christmas and New Year's, there will be a ski day where this is busted out for the you know true inner circle that I married into. What and is it again? Really mold, mold vine. 
Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like a hot wine, but you put like oranges or tangerines and cinnamon like and stuff. Cloves. In it. So you kind of make it now. You kind of make it in like a crock pot and like heat it up. And you know, traditionally, I think when you ski in Europe, in particularly in Austria, you like, you know, it's like an apres ski drink. Like you come okay. in and warm up with this hot mulled wine. Um, I, you know, pr- probably particularly touristy. I don't know, but I, I haven't done, have not skied in Austria, but I, but I just, uh, you know, Bryce, not Austria. <laughs> so it sounds at least more user friendly than, than uh, kissing the Blarney stand. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, particularly less or more COVID friendly, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, geez. <laughs> All right, so. Suppose the locals go up there and pee on that thing. Yeah. 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 Got Good times. So, I was healthier in 1997 yeah. when I kissed it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, Rich. We're back to Coach Priz here. Yeah. All right. So I guess I'm going drink, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sneaky try to stick two in here at one time, and it's more um uh the the kind of the experience than the actual drink. So it's Coors Light. Yeah, I know, which you guys know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, this is not, this is far afield for us. That yeah. only counts as like a half. At, yeah, at so, all right, so I'll take the half and I'll give the other half, Dreek. I know you'll like the second half of this one. The So the first half is like my parents, which I know now makes a ton of sense to me. We were allowed to drink on Christmas Eve at ages oh. well under the age of 21. <laughs> And Coors Light was the beer my dad drank. So, you know, at age 12, oh. like that can of Coors Light at, you know, Christmas oh, Eve dinner was movie. like fantastic. Yeah. Um, that was before so they even boy. had like the cold activation technology. Yeah, no, it was like, you know, it was like smoking the bandit error, like Coors Light. It was awesome. Um, that was Coors Heavy in the bandit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right. Yeah. It's Coors Heavy. It's the Mankwood beer. Um so like that mm-hmm. is like distinct in my head. So like, you know, my dad still drinks Coors Light as you guys know. And so when I'm at my parents' house, that's like, I tend to drink like a bunch of Coors Lights. For sure. The, the corollary there is is the other experience drink is one of my favorite drinks was sitting at, at Dogwood Tavern with TD a number of Christmas nights in a row where Dreek yeah. was playing music. Yeah. And and TD and I were, were drinking beer. So. I don't know what we were drinking. I'm sure it wasn't Coors Light, but probably yeah. not. Yeah, yeah I, like I don't know what I was playing. So <laughs> with, with even... You were playing a version of Rod Strickland or I don't know, <laughs> some kind of now now inappropriate R. Kelly or <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I, Drink. No one has. You you have to be. I, I, you haven't gotten into Terrell Strickland comment yet. So yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, I'm a big fan. Uh, this <laughs> is this is getting. Super uh, down the rabbit hole here for the pod uh, <laughs> listeners. I don't think most of our podcast knows that Dreek has a, a original composition about Rod Strickland. Um, it didn't start out about Rod Strickland, but it became it, it's, about it's Rod Strickland. consistently yeah. about various Wizards slash Bullets players over the years. It was originally about Rod Strickland. Oh, it was, was, the, it was original, the original. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it morphed over the years Anderson. to different yeah. players, but. Yeah, yeah. It's safe to say there will be a Terrell Strickland. Uh, yeah, like, will be an updated at verse. some point in the near yeah. future nice. for sure. All right. So Rob, you get to go next. Yeah, I, I got to pounce on this. I, I think the food is going to be a tough category. So I'm going to jump all over that and say Christmas cookies. Oh, yeah. Just That's I'm taking all cookies. Like all cookies. <laughs> just Christmas cookies. I don't care. I get them all. It's like the my favorite being like those um, rich children, the, the Italian 
multicolored ones. Yeah. We always sell those at grandmothers. Those are great. But I also get, you know, melting moments. I get chocolate chip. I get all cookies. So I'm taking Christmas cookies. <laughs> and and I think I just won the food category. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we baked our cookies uh, this weekend, actually. And by that, I mean, I tasted most of the cookies. I didn't do, yeah, I did very little of the baking. Yeah, so that sounds like me and the boys. Yeah. We did our baking, and I picked them up from Spider Man, and we came home, and there were three dozen cookies in the house. It was magic. Yeah, yeah. they were good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Drake, uh, you get to go next here. All right, you know, I actually had a few different ideas for the decoration category, but I feel like there's just a huge chalk pick sitting out there that. I'm going to end up with a boring team here, but I, I feel like I've got to do it. It's a value pick on the board. I'm going to go with Christmas tree, mm. big, natural, <laughs> fat. Oh, I should write real. Yeah, real, yeah, tree. real Christmas yeah. tree, yeah. Uh, you know, covered with uh, multiple different lights and tons of ornaments. And by the end of the week, it's all sagging and near death. Um <laughs> And in our house, after we after we take all the stuff off at the end, I put it like out behind the shed, and I leave it there for months um, to then yeah. be deployed in the fire pit strategically, uh, because it you know you can chop off, off just little portions of it, and they will they go up like six feet high yeah. arcs of flame, just like mm-hmm. a tinderbox. So yes. I think the I think last year's Christmas tree was actually um, burned during a Capitals playoff game. And whenever there's a Capitals goal, I would throw on a, uh, <laughs> a handful of old Christmas trees. Really ingratiating yourselves with the neighbors in Vienna there, Drake. That's right. That's right. Uh, hey, they're welcome. They're welcome to come over and join us. But now I'm going to go with Christmas tree, chalk pick, you know, just. Real Christmas trees. Real, real Christmas trees. Yeah, so, real Christmas trees. So colored lights, white lights. Uh, we do both. We've got oh, one string oh, of the white lights, wow. and we've got one of like the big, fat '70s style. Oh, the old school colored lights. Okay, oh, so I I grew up in a multicolored uh, artificial house because because oh, my parents wow. were f- afraid of fire. Okay, um, and like that's a valid so, that's a valid concern. <clears throat> yes, you know, apparently yes, they had some. Your parents had some uncle. Uh, uh, what's the guy from Vacation? <laughs> oh, wow. Uncle Lewis. They had some uncle, uncle Lewis. Lewis. Right. They appreciate. I just yes. doubted. I like it because then I, it's extremely flammable later when I yeah. you know convert yeah, it into no, fire pit kindling. And and Jen is a as you know, um, I had never our first real Chris. My first real Christmas tree was our first real Christmas tree. Oh wow! Together and like. You know, in my in the house in Arlington, it took up the whole like dining area. It was the big, yeah. and Jen is still like, that's our greatest tree ever. Like it was yeah. enormous. I, I mean, I had to cut stuff off of it to get it back out of the yeah. house. Like I didn't understand the process. I didn't understand that they wrapped it. And they're and they're always bigger once you get them in there. Like you think you've got them, but they just continue to expand. Yeah. yeah. Now we'll say like there were a lot of good Christmases where my brother and I thought we were hilarious and we assembled the Christmas tree upside down because we had the artificial one. And I don't know. That was always a good time. My mom getting mad at us. My sister getting mad at us. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, actually, fun. I grew up in an artificial Christmas tree house. I've thought oh, about wow. this. Is this like a reaction to that? But uh, it's fun. We do it as a family. And it's now it's like a game of like, and that's the whole thing. You guys nailed it. Like, how big of a one can we get? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, without being furniture, though. Big. Yeah. And the answer is you, it could never be too big because you can yeah. chop, now, chop Rob, I know you it. cut yours down, right? Oh no, we we try to. Okay. Like the place we we used to go to this place, Snickers Gap, out past Percival, 
and it's an amazing. You've been there, Drew. It's great farm, but it's I know multiple so people that go there, and uh, my mother-in-law used to live right by there, so I know exactly where yep. that is. Yeah, it's great. They have great trees. But we were gonna we got up um, day after Thanksgiving and checked Facebook, and there was already a two and a half hour wait to get in. So like, oh, we'll go to this other place. We went to Maryland. We went to two or three different farms in Maryland. Couldn't find a tree. And ended up getting one from the local like police organization a mile down the road from some random lot. You know, yeah. So I spent all day driving around. But you know, I, I love cutting them down, but it's just it's harder to do around here than you think. Yeah. But the tree That's, is that you that was a great pick, Drake. So yeah. yeah. No inflatables, but it's a good pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'll go to food now. Um, I don't uh, somebody's going to food. Uh, my family has always done strata. This is like an egg casserole mm-hmm. thing on big Christmas fan. morning. Big fan. Yeah. So big, big fan. I am a big fan of like all kinds of like egg. So this is like a brownie pan size thing of quiche, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> right. With like With chunks like of bread in it. And, yeah. Yeah. And all kinds of cheese and random crap. I don't know. It's often like too runny in the middle, but it's just wonderful. When I was a kid, I felt like I could eat. It was one of the things I wanted more of all the time. Um, and I am not. I've never been the biggest Thanksgiving person, save for like the dessert portion. Uh, you know, as an adult, I'm better about Thanksgiving. But when I was a kid, it was Christmas morning that I really looked forward to that. That was the dish. And my mom never made that any other time of the year. And now my sister, a huge credit, my sister, my brother's wife uh, has taken over the strata making. And uh, can, we, doing... can we clarify your sister-in-law? We don't my want to start any rumors here about yeah, yeah, your no, sister, no, no, your brother's <laughs> wife. No, my sister-in-law has <laughs> taken over the strata responsibility uh, the last few years and has has done an exceptional job. So, all yeah, right, that's, that's, so that's my... two things from you, TD. I got to try. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that well, one, strata is awesome. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. a quiche fan, but but strata is better. It's yeah, because yeah. it's almost like it's like leftovers almost like fried yeah. rice in the sense that you just oh, throw yeah. whatever you have in your fridge in it and it's good okay um i yeah. sort of yeah. feel like there's a whole bunch of like foods that. that are like that that i like yeah. i missed out on like french toast i feel like that is kind of a leftover oh. like bread and yeah. like yeah. we never had that yeah. as kids i don't know why oh. like mulvain like uh what's yeah. the spanish version that i'm blanking on it um, oh yeah yeah um yes there uh, is i also saw there's a puerto rican coconut cocktail thing Oh that yeah, I, that they do for Christmas. That's supposed to be yeah. great, anyways. People I, love yeah. it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, well, Christmas an morning we sophisticated here with his yeah. mold wine apresti. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't mean for it to come strata. Well, so I feel like everyone. So I'm up, right, TD? You're up. Okay, yeah. so I, everyone's done their food. I think top that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yeah, not you done, done your food. Oh, yeah. All right, I, so I better food. get out in front of. I was I was sitting on strata. I didn't think anyone was going to. So I'm going. So the Italian tradition on Christmas Eve is the seven fishes, the feast of the seven mm-hmm. fishes. And so oh, nice. you go through, you know, whatever word you want to put them in, but it's, you know, it's shrimp, it's clams, it's uh, oysters, oh, it's lobster, it's mussels, it's whatever you, you want to do. Um, I love it. Growing up, we didn't do all of them, you know, because my parents were sane. You know, they weren't yeah. trying to make all that for three kids running around or whatever. Um so we did kind of portions of it. We always had like some kind of shrimp cocktail thing. And then we usually had like lobster ravioli, something like that. And then my parents would make some fish for themselves and we would just eat more ravioli. My, <laughs> my wife's brother has done a great job. When we've gone up there, he'd like go down to Arthur Avenue, New York, the town section and get the stuff and like hook it up and like, you know, um, you know, getting calamari and stuffing it with like, 
you know, uh, oysters and stuff like, and then, and breading it. It's like, it's so good. I mean, it's just like, it's great. And like, it's decadent. And it's like, like UTD, like as a kid, I didn't eat a ton of stuff, but like fish I would eat. So like, you know, shrimp and all that stuff, clams, oregano, like all that stuff I would just chow on. So, um, that's always is big this happening like at your family house in Vienna in a couple of nights. Yeah. It's so not the full deal. So we'll get some of it. My, again, my parents don't do the whole thing, but yeah, like, you know, maybe if it, in other times you guys could come over and have some, <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, filing it away for future, future years. Yeah. yeah. So I will say like, so my, my, it's my dad's cousin's kids. It's my second cousin has a bunch of restaurants in New York city. Frank Prisonzano is his name. And he, I think, on Twitter, it's the unknown chef. I, on you sure he's Italian there? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Instagram, I think it's Frank Prisonzano, but you can follow him. And he does the, the Feast of the Seven Fishes on his Instagram. And it's like, you know, he goes through like how to cook it and like, all. it's it's awesome. It's, so it's really the best. Cool. It's yeah. no mold wine, but it's good. No. No. <laughs> I had one question. Was your, was your and Jen's first Christmas tree, do you think that was 2011? Uh, 12, I think. Well, I was just thinking, was it, um, I, I remember being at your house watching a JMU UMass football game on some bootleg like website that we, no, that wasn't, that wasn't that we were, yeah, well, we, we, yeah. we needed it to get in the playoffs and they won. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking it might've been the year they ended up at Eastern Kentucky and at NDSU the first time. No, so, yeah. that's uh T minus one. That's the year. Yeah, okay. That was before. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. All right, Rob. Oh crap! Oh man, I I haven't been paying attention here. Where, let me go back <laughs> you can to my go, You did decoration, you did food, and you did movie. So you can so, go, what drink or song? I I think I'm just gonna draft strategy. I'm just gonna concede that I'll probably lose the drink category. And you think the, uh, to Coors Light? You think you're gonna lose it to my Coors Light? <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Well, I I feel like there's a big one hanging out there. Christmas, you can go a lot of different ways. Christmas songs, but I'm gonna go Christmas, baby, please come home, Darlene Love. Yeah, and yeah, I, and I feel yeah. like this late in the game, I I kind of feel like I just won the draft. Yeah, it's a classic. Mean, this, is, this is just Get all the Letterman thing. appearances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Letterman. Um, that Phil Spector, you know, not a good guy. We don't need to get into that. But next to the Beach Boys, maybe my favorite Christmas album. Yep, incredible. Was, and I think this was. You know the marquee song um, for me in terms of like absolute iconic Christmas songs that really just bring me into the spirit. Uh, sadly, I'm going to say it's this or Mariah, the ones that just kind of get everybody going. It immediately turns you mm-hmm. on. I feel like it's that sort of day. So I don't know. I, I can't believe it's still sitting out here in round four or five or wherever we are. I am loving this Mariah like November first thing now. Oh, I think it's great. Where she, she leans into it, or like it's yeah. time that you know, like her own Instagram thing. Yeah, like, no, I, I think it's, it's fantastic. It's my season, like I love it. So that's um, so one thing I, I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit with the the music stuff, music, which yeah. I think is like, like a question for Rob on this. Yeah, yeah, like I I think, um, you know, all of us being music fans, I think is is a good one here. Is like so there is like I think there are people that just like lean into stuff. Like all right, Mariah, like is she really going to have top ten hits coming up in the next ten years? No, she's leaned in to this, yeah. right? Uh, like you said, the the Letterman appearances for Darlene Love. Like she, she's like, this is what I am now. Like I think that's cool. To me, the beauty of like bands doing Christmas albums is exactly this. It's like the Beach Boys doing a bunch of standards. Like you realize, like you get their chops. It's like mm-hmm. here are a bunch of guys that are great musicians doing their stuff. You know, here's a bunch yeah. of musicians doing. Um, uh, you know, their own take on Christmas songs to try to find that, like, 
you know, needle in a haystack that's going to be a hit. I, I know it's it's not Christmas, but I've loved Dave Grohl and his like producer friend that do the Hanukkah songs. They, oh, yeah, some of you've caught that. It's just like it's so great. It's like these guys are musicians, and you give them a song, they're going to put their spin on it, and it's awesome. Yeah. And I think taking standards and putting your spin on them is cool. And I think Christmas songs, you know, if you're not writing your own, is like a good way. Like it's just a, a cool time to hear what people got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll come back for a little more music thoughts at the end, Rich. I was going to wait. I got questions yeah, sorry. for Rob. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. It's, it's awesome. And I, I appreciate that because I, but I didn't want to like ask more because I know you both have m- multiple runners up in this category that oh, I probably deserve yeah, mention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want to say it before we'd all gone. So yeah, Drake, what do you got next here? You got a song left and a Food, food, I think. Uh, food, yes, yes. Rob, are you done on the Darlene Love? I'm done. Yeah, I got it. Speaks for itself. That was a good one. That was like, <laughs> that sure was is. the second thing I wrote down on my draft list. I had Christmas Vacation Darlene and Love. Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. So you got my top, top two. <laughs> two, <up>. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was going to, uh, one of my songs in play was going to be Linus and Lucy, the Vince Guaraldi instrumental, mm-hmm. which is just, but you know, Todd's already gotten into the the Charlie Brown thing, and I think we've we've teased that out, which is great. Um, and then my my really my go to favorite is always the um, Feliz Navidad, which I definitely played at at uh, Dogwood probably multiple times <laughs> yes. whenever you guys were there <laughs> drinking beer. Um, but but I'm gonna you just put me on a new wavelength with your discussion about the you know people doing a standards you know and putting their spin on it. And there's an album a few years ago, uh, Bob Dylan put out a Christmas album called Christmas in the Heart. And most of it is him in like his latter day third act gravelly voice, you know, whatever. Yes. Christmas time, oh, Christmas time. But in the middle of in the middle of the album, there's this like batshit crazy Zydeco song called Must Be Santa. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you haven't heard it, you should go find it. So I'm going to go with Must Be Santa. Nice. And then I'll even double down. And if you like that, watch the video, because there's a really bizarre mm-hmm. video where it's like a house party, and he's got like flat ironed, like bleach blonde hair, and he's like dancing around <laughs> with like <laughs> playing like the Zydeco Christmas album. And it's, uh, you know, God bless him. The guy's always... Uh, He's always got an extra curveball. Yeah, this is like so. This is like the classic Dylan thing too, right? Like he, like he's a Jewish man from Minnesota, right? Like yeah, yeah. And he's like, so is this just like all him thumbing his nose at us? Like this is like I love everything about this. I don't know this song, so I'm gonna listen to it. I love. Oh, it's a great song. I love this. Yeah, it's on our family Christmas playlist. It really is a good song. It's really good. Yeah, and it's uh, it's unexpected from him. Like in this chapter of his career or any time really even right. when he had yeah. his born again christian phase i don't think he had the zydeco santa song in there but see <laughs> yeah. i don't know if he's like i mean you know the guy's always a couple of steps ahead so uh, yeah enjoy it i think i think you'll like it yeah no yeah, i will this i'm excited <laughs> all right i'll go with decoration that that is really hard to follow up dylan zydeco's christmas um but, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll go with decoration and save my song for the end um and you guys know I'm a, just obsessive about the, the one thing I want to steal from Greensboro forever is the Christmas balls. Mm-hmm. So these are the lighted, you hang, you basically make a basketball sized um, chicken wire, yeah. chicken wire ball. And then you wrap it with like a strand of lights. And then you very creatively and rednecky 
find a way to hang these well up in your highest trees. So at our house this year, we have three in the front and two in the back. And if you can spread the word around the way that it's happened in Greensboro, where there's like four square miles of every house has 20 of these things. And it is incredible. I, you just, you can look up Greensboro Christmas balls, Google that, and you will not get anything inappropriate. You will get like hundreds <laughs> of local news stories of people driving around and filming what looks like Hogwarts. This, so go do it. This, yeah. this reminds me of like, you know, again, in the eighties, um, uh, like the taking the milk jugs and you cut the top off the milk jug and you like light the candle and everybody in the neighborhood like lays out these things. So it's like a light. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, um, yeah. I forget. Can't, I, don't know, I can't even remember what the name of that yeah. is. Luminaries. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going like to get on the way to church sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, and, and then the other thing, yeah, it's great, Rich. I, the way I will tell you, my method is I tie it to a dog ball that has like the couple holes in it. So I take fishing string, fishing line, and tie it off to the ball. Like I put one on the Christmas ball. Right. And then the other end on like a baseball sized dog toy. Right. And then I throw it o- way up over. And sometimes it takes me like five times to get it over the right branch. I gotcha. You know, and then have it come to, and then, you know, pull it down and then tie it off at the base of the tree. Uh, sometimes with like a fishing hook stuck into the tree. Yeah. You can get, there are people in, I will say the Greensboro people, there are like potato cannons there are people with like massive strings of cords and ladders and stuff like to get these all up. It, it's really, really great. I just, so the, I'm like, I might, we don't really have like trees to do that in my yard. Like there's only mm-hmm. one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I might be like, I'm into like climbing the tree and like, yeah, it's but, a fun one. Yeah. That's what it is. It's the fun what are these of like called again? Christmas balls, Christmas ball. Yeah. I don't really know what they're, I mean, they have in Greensboro, they have a 5k running of the balls. Um, gonna, which you can take as you will. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go yes, ahead and, and put this out there for free. It's a free idea to a you know entrepreneurial yes. young JMU listener. Christmas balls as a service. Yeah, you can do. <laughs> yes, yes, make them shoot yes. these things into people's trees. It was trees. annoying. I did the whole thing. I've done them from scratch the last two years, and it is a pain. Like, it's not that easy. Yeah, I, I did a couple years ago. Rolls of chicken wire, and then like cut them up, and then do the I whole need thing. To shape them into. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, and then yeah, you're, how are you getting them out of the tree? So what, well, you can, the way I do is tie them off at the bottom so I can cut the fishing line and then they just fall down. Um, I but see. The, the, actually the hardest thing is the Potato lighting again. process. So a lot of people do like cords up into their tree, but I have, because of our, because of our electrical limitations that have been previously <laughs> described in this podcast uh, was I actually have some, like, I have a battery operated thing that I wrap them with and they only come on for six hours a day. They're like on a timer. I see. So I got some like, mm. you know, thing from China that like probably is going to set my tree on fire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's wonderful. So it's probably yeah. recording like us right now. Yeah. 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 Rich, you got one last choice where I don't even know what you're, well, I don't have a decoration. So this is like, you go. like, yeah. So yeah, my decoration is almost not as fun, but I'm, I'm still going with it. So I have a decoration that goes on our tree and it's the highest thing on our tree. And it's a, my handprint from 1979 when I was four and it's like, you know, preschool, (laughs) it's like the clay, like stick your hand in the clay and then it hardens up. And my dog has one. Declan has one. Jen doesn't have Mm. one. She won't do one. But like (laughs) when you do this, like you bake it, you know, you put in there, bake it. And then it weighs like 50 pounds. So like, 
yeah. has to go up top. On you, well, it goes up yeah. top, but the going back to the fake tree versus the real tree, my first okay. issue was our Christmas was getting the branches to hold this thing. That's like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like five inches in diameter, but it weighs like 30 pounds. And it, and it like, how do you get that to sit at the top of a real Christmas tree? The fake Christmas tree, you just bend a bunch of the branches to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So oh, that's my, 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 decoration like again my dog has one Declan has one trying to get Jen to get one she keeps saying yeah. no come but. on Jen yeah <laughs> oh I love it the hand the clay handprint is a good yeah. one someday I'll that show you 1979 yeah, yeah that came from the like the OLGC preschool right there it's right yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. all right Rob you got one more oh what what do I got drink drink oh boy I, good I one slept on this one um I'm going to go sparkling cider. Yeah. I don't know. Like this is something that we always drank as a kid on like Christmas and Thanksgiving. It's not alcoholic. So I feel like it appeals to the younger kids who hopefully will be stepping up big time when we do a Twitter poll to vote for me. As the winner. <laughs> um, I just love, it. we have that Martinelli stuff. I don't know. Yeah. And I, yep. I still drink it now. Like even as an adult, like sometimes I will have a glass of wine and I'll have a glass of cider with our Christmas meal and Thanksgiving meal. So I'm going to go with that. Ma- Martinelli's just, by far the best apple juice there is. It's great. Oh, yeah. Love the it. The little the fat jugs. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's like reminds yeah. me of the, the Mickey's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just like the Mickey's. Just yeah, the stingers. Yeah, Rob, I was impressed. So you guys had the uh, punch, the, the homemade yeah. punch, you know, mm-hmm. this week. I, I'm assuming there were some Sprite or some ginger ale involved. It was like in ginger the, ale, sparkling yeah. cider. and. But it was kid-friendly, like so yeah. they could dip and have the fancy glasses. But it had – you guys had the bottle of Tito's like right out on the kitchen yes. counter right next to it. Yeah. And I was thinking this might be the last year when that uh, – Tito's can be that accessible. At yeah, the, exactly. At the I thought of that. Avid Family Christmas Cookie Exchange. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about that too. And also having the the beer downstairs with where all the teenagers were, I was like, that <laughs> might not be the smartest move. So. Right, right. Oh, I was. Well, it. I've looked into unless the it's keg. Coors Light. Yeah, and you're in the prisons <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. Though so I have looked into the already into a keg lock, so the the kegerator, like you you can get keys so you can lock those taps off. There you go. All right, Drake, you got one more here. I just want to hear about when when Rich gets locked out of the kegerator. We'll need (laughs) After a Giants game. I'm having to find the kegerator locked. (laughs) Um, He's screaming, Jake Fromm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think I've got food left. Um, You know, growing up, my like my like memory of Christmas dinner was always like um, prime rib and like these Yorkshire pudding, like pastry puff things that my grandmother would make, which I don't know how that became like a Greek family staple. It's like a very <laughs> British thing, but man, those things were so good. Oh, that yeah. That is um, a good one, Drake. I love those yeah. things. My, my, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah, no, I was going to say we, my mom's mom grew up in Manchester, England. So um, yeah, a lot of Yorkshire pudding. Roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. Yeah, yeah. So I had a couple of other ways I was going to go that were getting way more esoteric, but I'm going to, you know, after afternoon must be Santa. I feel like I've got to pull it back a little bit. Um, but I could I could talk for a while on Christmas food. I'd, I'd be happy it's, to. It's funny though, Drake. You talk about you know you you being from Greek heritage, but having a very English tradition. I come from a mostly Irish Catholic family, a little bit German. And we always had a Christmas pinata. 
No idea. Okay. No just idea. coming up now. Yeah. Well, you did Where, grow up. Why was this not the best decoration? Because it was deadly. I, I, I can't believe my whole family survived. You guys have heard me tell stories about my, my cousins from Jersey. There, I mean, I got like, again, Irish Catholics. I got like 28 freaking cousins on my mom's side or something like that. And we would always go up there to Jersey the day after Christmas because we would do Christmas at my parents' house. And then we'd drive up and see my cousins. And then we would have a cousin's party. And then there'd be a parent's party. And the parents would have, I don't know, like leftovers from everybody's Christmas dinners. And then the kids, they would just throw like a couple sacks of White Castle and a bunch of generic two liter like orange sodas. And they would let us loose in my Marion's house in her basement with a pinata and metal bats. So we're doing this inside, like a whole bunch of freaking kids all running around. And to this day, my dad's like, I still don't know how somebody wasn't decapitated. Or, Are you nobody... sure there wasn't Coors Light involved, Rob? Oh, there was lots, <laughs> lots of it. Yeah. Um, the strangest but I have part no idea. was filled with glass ornaments. Yeah. And this has shown up at like family weddings. We have pinatas. It's just, I don't know. Like it's, uh, it's just, it's an odd thing, but it's part of my family's Christmas. Well, drink my fellow. pinata for all seasons. Yeah. Drink my fellow native um, Fairfax slash Burke person here. I I know our other friends on here went to, went to school in Fairfax city, um, but they, they were not, you know, residents of the city. Uh, Apparently they were unfamiliar with Carlos O'Kelly's Mexican cafe. (laughs) Oh man, <laughs> we drove by it the other years, day. It? Yeah. 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 It's now called Senor Tequila. But yeah. yeah, we drove by it. One of my daughters is doing indoor uh, indoor soccer on Friday nights at the uh, at the Jewish Community Center. So like, I dropped them off, and then I like hust- been hustling down to the Coyote Grill to get in like a quick drink before I go pick them back up. <laughs> yes. I drove right by Carlos and Kelly's, and I was like, oh, they've dropped out the Irish element. See yeah, it's really, yeah. So if oh, I could step back for Dreek here, because yeah. I, I feel like his his uh, prime rib in Yorkshire pudding didn't get enough play. Like I think if you're a if you are a like bloody roast beef or prime rib person, like Yorkshire pudding's perfect. It like yeah. sucks. That's my my mom basically just need to take the chill off of it for her to eat it. Like <laughs> like quivering <laughs> is the way my mom eats it. So like yeah, that's how know, I'm rolling. Yeah, you're dipping that stuff in there. You can. It like holds salt the right way. Like if you love salt, like it's all this stuff that's killing all of our parents, but like salt yeah. and the ajus or whatever it's called is great. And like, I don't know. It's like, it's like pizza crust kind of it's, it's good. If you haven't had, it, it's actually like sneaky good. And pudding is not the right way to describe it. It's like a, yeah. it's, yeah, it's much like a more really red. greasy puff pastry, like yeah. made with lard. I'll tell yeah. you what, uh, <laughs> yeah. Coach Perez, we can do a, a – uh, we'll orchestrate a trade in future years of prime rib and Yorkshire pudding for some type of oyster stuffed calamari. Amen. All right. We can make it work. We can make it work. <laughs> Going to need an extra pick or two there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So I guess I have the last pick here. It's my song. Um I want to come back. We can all have another comment or two about songs because that's what we really wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually going, Rob, you know, I, I like, it's really hard for me not to pick River, Joni Mitchell here. I, I think we've done this before and I always talk about that. It's also hard for me to leave Fairy Tale of New York on the board for this mm-hmm. group of four with that none of us picked it. Um, but mine is actually not a Christmas. I love What Are You Doing New Year's Eve. 
than the Nancy Wilson, like the old version. Mark, I, yeah. I, and I actually just love this because I do personally like, I don't know. It's like you look forward to Christmas so much and then you're just like, huh. and it's always like, what are we going to In the last few years, we've had, you know, occasionally we've had Frisco to look forward to. This year we do not. Um, but I like kind of that, like thinking about, oh, there's more fun stuff coming up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, even when I have to go back to work and like deal with crap and, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I just, that's my like old school classic. One of my, you know, just very traditional favorite ones. Um, no, that that's that's great. I mean, I, again, I think we left a bunch of songs on the table here. I mean, I, I think again, it's probably not my favorite, but like the Bruce Springsteen, like Santa Claus coming to town, yeah. is like great. Like it's Bruce Springsteen, or, or, right? It's a standard. The Jackson song. Five version's good too. Yeah, Jackson Five. Any pick any of those songs? Like it's like yeah. Stevie Wonder doing a bunch of stuff. You know, so the, yeah, that's what Christmas means to me. Yeah, that's it's like hauling out, hauling oats. Great one, Philly guys. Hall yeah. notes, Philly guys. Um, like, so WXPN is the, is Donnie Hathaway this Christmas. Yeah. Is, is <laughs> WXPN has, so it's the local station. It's a good music station. Um, it's the college radio basically, but they had so a Christmas soul. I heard like 10 songs I'd never heard before by like, yeah. you know, and standard stuff done by like the OJs. Like it, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Like again, like I just think that this is like a super cool way for bands to be like, here's what we sound like in a song that, you know, you know, Jackson yeah. Five doing whatever, Bruce Springsteen doing Santa Comes to Town, like the Beach Boys, as we talked about. It's like, to me, this is great. So like, you know, there there are all these awesome songs too, TD, like, like you mentioned, like Christmas Time in New York. Like these are all great songs, but it's also yeah. like, I love this stuff where it's like, here's a standard, Let give me give me Bob Dylan doing Santa Comes to Town or whatever. You know, and it's like that, I love the idea of that. Well, on that on that level, like I mean, I picked the Darlene Love version, but Bono and U two doing their own version of "Baby Please Come Home." That takes it takes a lot of stones to be like, I'm going to try to cover do my version of this song, but it it not quite at that level, but it's not so far down that it's out of the conversation. I mean, we are mm-hmm. talking about a band where the lead singer is named Bono and the guitarist is <laughs> named The Edge. So, <laughs> they've got stones for days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard? Um, Krungbun does Krungbun does a version of Christmas time the the Vince Giraldi one. Yeah. It's like mostly instrumental. Yeah, man, I they did it a couple ch- years ago. It's, it's worth listening to. It's really cool. So, where it's like mostly instrumental then they just have like the chorus. Yeah, so to, two two thoughts. So one like bragging a little bit. So my kid, like I think you guys know he's like picked up some music from me a little bit. Like so he knows Vince Giraldi. Like he knows that like Linus and Lucy like that the main theme from from that he heard a totally different Vince Giraldi song and was like, Oh, this is Charlie Brown. Like, I just was so proud that like he recognized a song that was not the same, but like he made that connection between like, Oh, this is that, like that tune. I, I loved it. Got a good uh, ear. Yeah. The, the second thing is like, I'm trying to think in the, the punk band that did like a whole Christmas album too. Like it was somebody like Bowling for Soup. That's not it. But it was like, it just was like straight up. Like, um, was it low? Oh, maybe, maybe. I can't remember. So was like- I was going to say my three that I've learned about this year that were new to me, but our standards are low little drummer boy is incredible. It's like fuzzed out, like pure vibes song. Like I can't describe it, but I learned that from there. There's an object of sound podcast from a couple of weeks ago. That's okay. uh, Rishikesh Hirway, the guy from song exploder and yeah. mm-hmm. Hanif Abdur-Rakib who runs object of sound with she and him. 
um, all talking about what makes great Christmas stuff. And they came up with that song. Uh, uh, Rob, you brought up the Father Christmas Kinks yeah. uh, version a couple weeks ago. And then That's I don't know if you guys one. have heard on the Bluegrass Station the last couple of weeks, there's been a ton of that Hazy Dixie. Oh, yeah. Hazy Dixie. Of yeah. Father Christmas. And it's also awesome. Yeah. I, I love a bluegrass cover of something that you're not used to anytime. And then my last one, um, the cat power, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah. Is, was the other one that I almost chose tonight that I feel like is very in the Joni Mitchell river world. So and like cat power strikes me as someone who like would be anti Christmas in like every sense of the world <laughs> and like normal. I like, wasn't a awesome huge cat. Pa- I wasn't a huge cat power um, person. And then I saw the national, play here in philly was the the first show jen and i went up here and phoebe bridgers opened and then it was cat cat power and then the national and like i'm gonna look back on that show as like i'm not sure i'm gonna like top too much of that that's like a no that was a a top fantastic but yeah that's that's a pretty impressive like a old guy stumbling into multiple hipster (laughs) breakout artists lineup yeah yeah have you heard the title of the creator grinch Oh, no. Have you heard the Tyler, the creator Grinch song? No. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's very different, yes. different interpretation of it. Yeah, I feel like the Ramones yeah. have had like Christmas songs. Like again, mm-hmm. thinking yeah. like guys that like, I mean, they're, Jew- you know, like at least Joey Ramones, like Jewish kid from Brooklyn, like doing yeah. Christmas songs. Like it's hilarious. Like it's awesome. Yeah. I, Tariq, you probably knew this better than I did, but I, I also was, you know, couldn't have this category without thinking about Christmas and Hollis. I did not know that the sample on Christmas in Hollis oh, yeah. is from, is from Clarence Carter's Backdoor Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what else could you ask for? Wow. That is a uh, phenomenal stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. There needs to be a, uh, you know, just in-depth study on uh, Clarence Carter's full, full corpus of, uh, of material. So, so now, of course, we're down the rabbit hole here. We're way up, yeah. up far afield, but Hasey Dixie, they have yeah. a song called I'm Keeping Your Poop in a Jar. And it's, well, a, it's like go. the world's greatest breakup song. It's <laughs> it's like it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, it's like very sweet and like all those things. But I'm so keeping your, your poop, poop in a jar. In so jar. I can remind it like how like, you know, what, yeah, be. basically like it's it's <laughs> the world's a, greatest okay, breakup man. song ever. Like the Ben Folds. Give me my money back. When we get off of this. Yeah. yeah, I have so many things to go look up now. Immediately, <laughs> yeah. yes. After this, yeah. Oh well, thank I feel like you. Like we guys. could sh- send that sentiment to Fargo. We're gonna yeah, keep yeah. your yes, poop in a jar. Oh yeah, I hope. Yeah, we don't ever need to play them again. Yeah, no. I'm We're done. playing Louisville next year. We're probably playing ODU next year. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Um, looking forward to some men's hoops, fellas. The next few weeks. I hope they'll continue playing. I have no idea. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, there's a chance what's the, the Dukes are playing yeah. at the Palestra here in Philly. So, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah. So fingers 28th. crossed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. Cool. Nice. Um, I would still love to go to the Palestra. Sorry, I can't make that, Rich. Yeah, uh, having never been there. But thank you guys. Oh, we got a. Anybody have a JMU ornament story? Rich, you got a JMU ornament. You're the I, one who doesn't. Right? I don't, but I realize. I, I guess if the the Mighty Mouse from <clears throat> Spanky's in Harrisburg counts as an <laughs> ornament, I can hang it up if you wanted. But it's up there on my my shelf. Mighty Mouse from it's, Spanky's it's, definitely counts as a. It's JMU at least ornament. as old yeah. as as Rob and I. Um, <laughs> might be might be older. Mm. Yeah. Rob, I once when uh, working at Spanky's had to drive some like Elton John memorabilia 
with Spanky, like from <laughs> Harrisonburg to Blacksburg to put it in some type of storage facility. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot you worked there, Drake. So I don't, do you recognize That's this? a whole this podcast is- unto itself. That'd be like an oral history of like smoking the bandit style inadvertent, like trafficking probably going on. It was, yeah. a, it was a wild couple hours. He he got in trouble, I think, right? He um they shut down because he was like his mother. He was like put stuff in his mother's name and he got he was brought up on charges. There's a lot there's tax invasion. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, she she worked at the Harrisonburg one for a while. She yeah. was a colorful ma. She would like, call <laughs> out the orders when they came in. <laughs> oh, we are, uh, we are that that could be a whole other topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like the ornaments thing, I I threw that out there and, and it's it's probably a road to nowhere i do have multiple jmu ornaments i think the coolest one is like a fierce looking duke dog like the statue outside the stadium yeah um i also have a probably my favorite one is like a random one from like the mid 90s uh my my days and it's like a uh it's like a kind of like a bronze like etched out thing of kiesel kiesel hall this is awesome. So my mom, that's mine. I, my my parents got me all four years. I was at JMU, like ninety five to ninety nine or whatever. They got me the the silver version of like whatever the JMU ornament of the year was. Yeah. And like I love the Duke Dog one, and there's one that's like the couple of Wilson Hall. But the one that I really like is the one that's Converse Hall and Cleveland Hall. Random. It's also like the first ornaments I ever owned of my own like where they weren't on my parents' tree. So mm-hmm. like they've sort of traveled with me through adult life and they're the only ones I actually enjoy putting on the tree. Like first one's on, first one's off every year. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone, you know, wants to hang that Eikenberry ornament up, up <laughs> high, and, high and proud on their tree. Nice. I've got one of those terrible, like old school, remember like the Christmas balls that have like the string around, you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, they're, they're not like, sparkly ones oh they're they just, just have the little like yeah they're like wound like that yeah it's like this gold one and then it just has like a plastic shrink wrap james madison university i don't know where i came up with it it must somebody but it's got it at like a flea market or something it's got to be 40 years old it's incredibly ugly and it's starting to fray but that's my favorite ornament nice. that, oh, that sounds cool. like an actual legit fire fire hazard yeah oh it does <laughs> except it would just melt you know rob we're getting the jmu nutcracker this year Oh, that's nice. Um, I, I'm aware of it already, even though I know it's technically a gift. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have there we, we have the JMU stocking ornament. You guys seen that one? It's kind of it's like mm. like three inches, like a woven JMU purple and gold and whatever, and it just goes on the tray. But I think Jessica might have quote unquote lost that a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, well, it's I gotta find ugly. This, I gotta find this Kiesel Hall one though. That's my that's yeah. my spot. Yeah. We have a Jamie Santa that that's in the basement. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, well, Rich and Dreek, it's thank you guys so much for the time. It's been a pleasure to, I'm just glad to hang out with you guys for yeah. a little bit in Christmas week when we won't in real life probably be able to. So for a great little bit. Well, I will yeah. say if you guys want to, want to hang out, you know, in a few days, uh, maybe after Christmas, I, I actually know a spot that has mold wine. Okay. <laughs> we do. Yes. Nice. And, uh, yeah, Shriek, are there any, are, are, is there a holiday show coming up this year? Nah, I'm, I'm too old for that stuff. I'll, I'll, sometime in the spring, I gotta, I gotta rest up and, uh, try to learn some songs that are, you know, more than, less than 20 years old. Um, <laughs> thank you guys, uh, for having me oh, on. This you. is really fun. Really great to, uh, talk to you guys. Uh, and 
Cuda is uh, you kind of underplayed it a little bit, but big time shout out for the charity stuff this week. That was incredibly cool. And, uh, you know, obviously that's entertaining game, not the result any of us wanted, but, but all of that stuff was, uh, small potatoes compared to you guys actually doing some, doing some real good. So good on you guys. That was, that was great. Yeah. Well, and thanks to both yeah. of you guys for donating. So much appreciated. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Rich, it's so good to see you from afar. Yeah. Um, travel safe, it, it, whether we see you or not down here. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks guys. No problem. And uh, yeah, be sent, before you know it, we'll be sending out uh, season ticket emails again here right. in, a, in a few months. So all right. yes. with our Sunbelt price hike, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks guys. Have a all good right, night. Merry Christmas, everybody. All right. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yes. Go Dukes. There was Christmas Eve back in the drunk tank. An old man said to me, I'll see another one.
Christmas Day. 